Welcome to the Faith Element Podcast for the February 25, 2024 session, focusing on Psalm chapter 22, verses 19 through 31. Hope beyond trials. I'm David Cassidy. I'm Nikki Hardiman. I'm Crystal Shepard. And I'm David Adams. So my day now is interrupted by the ding of a new text message on my phone, to which I immediately turn and hope that it's another baby picture or baby video. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. And one, oh, one just came fun. through. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy how even just in the first couple of weeks of life, how much change there is each week. Mm. How much more alert, how much more the mm. eyes are there, how much more active. It's anyway, fascinating. I'm sure no one's ever watched that before. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Never. laughs> oh, goodness. I have a stubborn streak in me. I don't know if any of you share in that trait. So I can get locked in on something and it's tough to change. That maybe you've got some of those kind of things too. So I, I want to ask this question. What is something that you tend to stick with, even though people who know you encourage you to give it up? Yeah. Okay. So also I drink the original Coca-Cola. Do um, not give me a diet. Don't give me a fake soda. Don't give me a Pepsi. Mm. I want the real Coca-Cola and it's not good for me either, but I still drink it. But I think probably the one people get onto me about the most is chewing ice, but I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. Yep. Yep. Hope my dentist isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's soft ice. I'm sure. It is soft ice. Yeah. See. Um, I get gentle encouragement to not e eat as much chocolate as I eat. But the other thing that, that my, at least my immediate family encourages me to give up is the amount of time I spend either on social media, just going through reels and sending them like 50 at a time to my loved ones. So that's one that they want me to give up or just, I can tend to take very deep dives into things. So I will go down a rabbit hole and then find another rabbit hole and then another rabbit hole from that one until I'm like. 50 layers down to where they're like, come up for air. So those would be my main ones. I tend to do too many things when people ask me to do them, which is weird. But I, for some reason, I never turn down writing an article for somebody or editing something or reading something or helping with something else. It, it's just very difficult for me not to help somebody if they ask. And Sometimes it can be difficult. I have an old friend, Lyle Edwards, who one time was sitting at a meeting listening to me complain about this. And he said, I'm going to give you something that helps you. And he slid me a little business card on it. And on it, it just said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Memorize this. It'll really help you later. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing, David. <laughs> I have a real problem saying no. I tend to take on more things than I should. But I, since you've already taken that one, I will take the next most obvious one. And that is, I have been encouraged for quite some time to give up my, my fanship for the Arkansas Razorback football scene. <laughs> oh, no. Now, it's difficult. It is hard to be a Razorback fan in football season. Because you, you come into the season, you're excited about a new coach or about a new quarterback or some new receivers. You want to have hope. And you jump into those games, and there's nothing but disappointment. 
heartache. They, my family encourages me. They're like, just why don't you choose another team? I can't do that because <laughs> next season they're going to be much better. Oh, we all have, we all have those stubborn traits, don't we? David, I believe you're going to help us get started with this one. And even though I mispronounced the title the first time, I think I said Hope Beyond Trails. It's actually Hope Beyond Trials, isn't it? Trails, trials. <laughs> We're going someplace with this. I'll, I'll let you take us somewhere. Okay. I realize that this might be controversial, but I want to go out on a limb with you all today. We're recording this on February 2nd, nine days before the Super Bowl. And I want to take this time to pronounce my prophecy that Taylor Swift will not take over the Super Bowl halftime show to announce her endorsement of Joe Biden. And there will be <laughs> no credible evidence that she and the NFL have worked up an elaborate plot to rig the game and use football to take over the country. Yes. Now, I guess by the time you listen to this, you'll know whether my prophecy is correct. But I wanted everyone to remember that I predicted this over a week in advance. <laughs> this is not to say that I think we need to waste time with this sort of political nonsense. But as I look at the foolishness that's been clogging the news cycle recently, I'm reminded of that blog post that I once wrote questioning whether Michael Jackson was one of the harbingers of the apocalypse. Uh, then as now, the essential question was based on the notion that with all this wrong in the world, our media and certain segments of our society has a razor sharp focus on famous cultural personalities rather than attending to things that actually matter. It, it's like this mysterious island called Haiti that rises from the sea every now and then, only to recede from our consciousness for years at a time after we've sent them a little aid. At times, it seems like we just cannot focus on the things that matter. And who can blame us? When you look at existential worries like the climate crisis, racism, war, hate as public policy, and the other issues that arise from human greed, fear, and just plain meanness, it gets to be too much. We break down and need something to distract us. We can't just shake it off into some blank space where the bad blood falls like tears on my guitar. No matter how much everything has changed in our contemporary world, we know all too well that the story of us is that our song is of a delicate world that has gone mean. Nikki, look what you made me do. I knew you were trouble. When she walked in. Over here, David Adams. You're <laughs> a gem. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously, today we are looking at a song that is frequently viewed as a cry for help in the face of a world that's gone so wrong that God has completely forsaken us. While the people who set up the lectionary skipped the first verses of this song, which are recited throughout history as a cry to God when God seems to be absent, including by Jesus on the cross, this second part, second part is about what comes after. As dark as the trials of the first half of the psalm might be, the second shows the hope that comes once God acts in the face of those trials. Whoever wrote this was rescued from something that was as terrifying as swords, wild dogs, lions, and wild oxen. They, too, were in a situation that, like many of us might face, where hope is impossible to come by. And it seemed like God had given up on them, but God rescued them. And the hope that this raise was meant to be shared by a gathered congregation of people who follow God and extended to the poor, people from other countries, and even people yet to be born. In other words, when things were at their worst, God came through in such a way as to astound everyone who might hear of it. This is a good word for us. It can be so easy to become pessimistic and hopeless. 
especially over time, is it seems like the world just can't get things right. Whatever is on our hearts to worry about, it can overwhelm us. It can choke all the life and hope out of us. And while we like to talk about how our faith pulls us forward to the world God wants for us, how we are God's children walking together as citizens of the reign of heaven, we have to admit that this road we're on, it goes to some very scary neighborhoods. We see so much hurt along the way and constantly wonder if we're heading in the right direction. And the world continues to struggle despite all our best efforts. Why would we not ask the same question that Jesus and the psalmist asked? God, why have you forsaken us? How blessed are we, then, that neither psalm nor our struggle to end with, aban end with abandonment. Neither of them do. We are never abandoned. In God's time, God will act. And when God does, the changes that God will make will be so spectacular that we'll be talking about them forever. So let's not look about us and see the heartbreak and hurts of our current generation. Let's not turn our heads away from the anger nor the fear that we see in each other's eye. Let's not turn away from the pain that our neighbor is feeling, but step in and try to do something about it, despite the hopelessness that we sometimes feel. At some point, we're going to realize that God is working through us after all, even though it might not be obvious right now. And when that happens, we'll be able to talk like the psalmist does and proclaim God's deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying, God has done it. Exactly. How many Taylor Swift songs did you just reference in that intro? At least six or seven. <laughs> yes. That was, it was impressive. Yeah, that was amazing. David, I, I did like this where you talked about that there's like, it seems so hopeless, but just to get out and do something. Mm. I think that what I find for myself personally is that I see all these things. I read all these things. I hear about them and it gets very overwhelming. And I don't know if our listeners feel that too, but it gets overwhelming. And what can I do? Like it feel, it does feel hopeless. And I like the your encouragement, admonishment, whatever you want to say to just get out and do it. And God will be working through you. I like that because it is paralyzing at times when we look around, but every generation has had bad things and sad things and overwhelming things. And so if we can just do and join in the work, I think that's at least that's what I garnered from what you said. And that's very encouraging to me because I often get bogged down with all the hopelessness that's there. I always like to tell people that God plays the long game mm -hmm. and they don't really seem to understand that. They expect change to happen now when we point at it and not understand that we might just be bringing a piece to a bigger puzzle that God's working on. And it might take a while before that puzzle gets solved. We may never see the end of it, but God plays the long game. Uh, bad things, bad people, bad times just don't last forever. They, they just don't. They bring themselves down over time. And it's difficult for us to see that when there's just so much of it and people are just so mean. Yeah. Real hard to see that. Warren, we're inundated with it like every single day and it never stops. Like it, I feel like that's when I was in the, we talked about our question at the beginning, like there is some seriousness to like needing to give up that 
it's like drinking from a fire ho- fire hose or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, there's so much coming at you that it. I think that's part of what makes it so overwhelming and so paralyzing is that it's not like I just hear about my neighbor whose house burned down. I'm hearing about the whole world on fire yeah. and what do I do? So, yeah, I, I appreciate that that focus on that God plays the the long game. And we talked about in the last podcast, focusing on what's in front of us and to just join in the work. I love that you started with Taylor Swift. And the reason <laughs> is because like in this conversation, when we do get overwhelmed, and I even find myself doing this, when I feel overwhelmed by everything going on and the news feels like too much, I will go pick up like a, like a People magazine or something that doesn't require me to use that feeling part of myself, mm-hmm. the part that is so heartbroken over everything happening in the world. Or I'll go and binge watch a funny show that makes me laugh because I have to step away from it, right? And collectively, absolutely, we all end up focusing our energy on Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey because it's easier to complain about her at football games than it is to figure out how to stop all the traffic that's going to happen at the Super Bowl. Mm. It's easier for us to focus on those things than to put our attention where all the pain is. But that is what Christ did. And I think it's what Christ calls us to do. It doesn't mean that we don't take a break and we don't pay attention to things like compassion fatigue, but it also means we don't stick our head in the proverbial celebrity sand. Well, and I I have to remind myself that even though the evil in the world is noisier than the good in the world, we hear it. We hear the bad before we can hear the good. In fact, we hear so much of the bad, it makes it difficult for the good to break through. Yet, I, I remain convinced that most people in our world and in our society are good. And they want good things. They want the love of family. They want health. They want happiness. They want good things for other people. But they, that's not very noisy. That's not very, that doesn't get our attention and grab and hold it in the way that the evil does. And that's not to say don't pay attention to or try to bring justice and goodness in the face of evil. It is to say for us, I think, not not to think that is the whole and totality of the world because it's not. Evil has not taken everybody. Evil has taken some. And Yeah. So I think part of it is that there is a healthiness to the stepping away, to the stepping back. It's not just taking a break, but recognizing there is just a lot of goodness out there as well. There's joy, there's peace, there's fun, (laughs) laughter. Mm -hmm. All those things are good. They're just as much a part of our lives as the need for us to fight evil. Yeah. And hearing you talk about that reminds me of last week's conversation yet again, because it was based on how God will show us the way if we can develop humility. And I don't think that our approach to fighting evil is a very humble one sometimes. Mm. You know, we want to see results. We want to see something happen. We want it to occur on our terms or what we expect. We're not real comfortable sitting back and letting God do it in God's way, on God's time. And so we get compassion fatigue. 
because we didn't get what we expected. And I don't think that's a very humble way to look at it. Or we think we know what's best. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it just makes it worse. (laughs) At least that's been my experience that when I try to fix it my way, which is a lack of humility, then that's not usually the way it needs to be addressed. (laughs) I think the backside of this is interesting too, in that this is the back half of a very famous psalm that's repeated over and over again. It's the the basis of much of the writing of the New Testament is in the first half of this psalm about God forsaking, but then God coming through at the end. And I found at least four places where it's quoted or referenced in the Gospels and not just Jesus on the cross. But this back half is about the amazement or about the way it changes things because God has acted because we realize that God does not forget us. And it's so earth-shaking that we have to tell people about it. And that as the word gets out, it becomes something that spreads and basically is passed down to generations even beyond us where we can see, because it is just such a great thing that God is doing. And as the passage starts, you're in the midst of all this pain and anguish. You can't see that's coming. I think we find ourselves there all the time. Have you ever been rescued from a bad situation or a life-threatening situation? Birth of my last child. I had a marginal placenta previa that the doctor said moved enough for me to try since I'd had other natural childbirths to try. And in the midst of labor, I had a placental abruption. So I was, I was hemorrhaging. And we were very lucky to be in the hospital. I had medical professionals who have attended many births. And our doula, who was there with us, said that that when they debriefed after what happened, there was no medical reason why the outcome should have been as good as it was. Wow. So if I had labored at home, myself or my child may not be here or both of us. And I don't say that to be like, oh, but it, I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> I just thought, oh, they're whisking me in here and it's, yeah. but yeah. And it's, it's very humbling to be in that position and to be rescued in that way. I don't know why you asked the question, but. <laughs> I asked the question because we have a Psalm here where that sense of being rescued and the gratitude about. God not abandoning us and about Mm -hmm. rescuing us and snatching us from this, that I think we all have stories that where we know what that feels like. I just want to add and not to make it all about what happened to me in that situation, but um, it was very interesting because God was very much with me because I had been repeating this like little mantra type card that said, God is with me. God is for me. God loves me and God loves my baby and we love God. And then when they wheeled me in to have an emergency C-section and I was terrified of a C-section, I never had one. I look up and I have a thing about bees (laughs) and bees and um, hawks are like my little nature things that kind of connect me with God's creation. And I look up and the anesthesiologist is talking to me and he's getting ready to like put in a spinal and he, I look at his cap and it has bees on it. (laughs) And I said, does your cap have bees? And he's yes. And then the, the head charge nurse said, if you like that, guess what? My last name is honey. (laughs) 
<laughs> and at that moment, it was like this wave of like relief and yeah. knowing that I was sitting in the presence of God, God ha- held. And that's what our doula said. God held you and your mm-hmm. child that day. So yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. There are, I think we all have moments like that where it's, we know that God did not leave us and God held us in those moments. I, I think importantly too, we all have those moments like, Hey, w- watch this. Okay. Just, just then the, wor- the world did not blow up. A comet did not hit us. <laughs> yes. An asteroid did not collide. Like, God, every millisecond is doing something that saves us from so many terrible things. And we never thank God for that. We never mm. notice it. We never appreciate that God has done a miraculous thing that, that should draw attention. And you know, we're just so used to it sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah, the other day I was heading to the store, and there's an intersection going to come out of my neighborhood. There's a really busy four-lane street, and there's a red light right there. The problem is some people, they need to get through that intersection even though the light is turning red. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have learned to, if I'm first in line, to not go when the light turns green, but instead to look and make sure nobody's still got to go <laughs> right. and, and then go. And I remember the other day that something distracted me. I was there and I was waiting and something distracted me off. And I looked to the side and realized that the light had turned green. If I had gone when the light turned green, I, there was a truck that was just flying through the red light. Wow! And I would have, I was like, Oh my gosh, that would have been it. <laughs> yeah. So I think David, you're right. There's so many places that what did that 10 second delay in leaving change in things? What did that, what did that change, that slight change in schedule do that I don't even recognize? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God may be at work in ways we, we miss. Yeah. It was a big thing talked about in Cincinnati a year or so ago when their football team was relevant, that they were in the playoffs and a player got injured on the field mm-hmm. and had to be taken to the hospital. He should Probably yes. should have died right there on yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah. And, and people were talking about how, why are you praying? God isn't involved. It's the doctors doing all this kind of thing. But what they don't realize is how much was God in the life of those doctors to get them to that point, mm. to, to see them trained, to see them ready, to see them to even care enough about that, to be at that point. God was so involved in all of this, even though it's not obvious to everybody who's standing there watching. And at least in this psalm, this person has recognized that God was involved directly with what they were facing and God intervened. And because of that, let's talk about what God's doing because God's done something big here. We're just not really great about saying how big the things God is doing for us right now happen to be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could be a little noisier <laughs> yeah, maybe. about the good things <laughs> while recognizing that there are wars going on right now where innocent mm-hmm. people are suffering and dying, where children are suffering and dying. There is great evil, and for reasons we do not understand, that evil continues. And we are left with a world and a faith in which we know that there are times when we are rescued, and there are times when people are not rescued. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard part of faith that I don't think we do anyone any favors by denying. That's right. And yet, it does not deny that there are those places where, thank 
the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is grace. There is rescue. There is another day. And that's worth being grateful for, even if we don't understand the power and prevalence of evil. I hope we all can be aware of, remember, pay attention to those places in our lives where God has been at work to give us another day, another chance, another shot, another try. Because we, if we are honest, they are all over the place. Maybe part of our call this Lenten season is to give others that same grace, to give others another chance, another try, another opportunity. Because that may just be the one that changes things. Thank you all for this good conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible study curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.